What's up, people of the world? As you know, it is currently Max Fun Drive 2020. Now, Max Fun Drive is, among other things, when we release all of our exclusive bonus content for the year. We've heard a lot of people uh, telling us about how much bonus content is helping to brighten their days in these weird times. So right now seems like a great time to remind you that the bonus content is here for you when you join. You can become a member easily at MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Choose an amount that fits within your monthly budget, be it $5 a month, $10 dollars a month or twenty dollars per month and up whatever level you choose your support combined with that of other max fund members like you enable us to keep producing the show make sure that you tell max fund that you listen to our show and you want us to benefit from your membership it's very easy to do very clear whether you're upgrading or joining for the first time that is maximumfund.org forward slash join to sign up and see all the cool gifts available and thanks for your support but for now on with the show patent pending hello i'm hal lublin and i'm mark gagliardi Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best video game console. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right! We got this! Now, before we say anything about video games, I want to thank the Poodoo for, number one, choosing that screen name on Reddit. Number two, suggesting this topic, which has been in the hopper for a long time. Yeah. Um, what does the Poo do? You know, whatever it wants. Fair enough. Thank you, the Poodoo. Yeah. Thanks for the poo-doo that you do. (laughs) We are talking video game consoles today. Mm -hmm. What is the greatest video game console of all time? And uh, I'm out of my depth on this one. I'm not a huge gamer. I know you are, Hal. So we decided to bring in a ringer, friend of the show, a great past guest, and a great current guest. You're very lucky, those listening to this episode. And on a gaming headset. And he's on a gaming headset. That's right. That's Uh, right. it's Nathan Hamill. What's up? Hi there. Hello. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I, I missed the cue to, to introduce myself, but thank you for for, for, for getting me getting me uh, set up there. Um, how's it going, guys? You know, we're we're locked down. The world is in uh, is in tumult right now, and we're all trying to safely do what we can to help it. The best part is, there's a lot of time to play video games. Yes. Yeah. There are oh. no commutes anymore. We all live at home all the time. And if you have games, and I have multiple gaming systems, I know you have. An extensive collection, Nathan. You have time to do whatever you want gaming-wise, which creates the paradox of, am I going to play several games at once? Am I going to play one game all the way through? What do you guys usually do with that? Uh, How many hours into Animal Crossing are you? That's the real question here. Because with this all, the pandemic, the shutdown started on the 15th, roughly. And uh-huh. this game came out the 20, I, I'm getting my, 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 my timeline's all screwed up. I don't know, but it was in yeah. March. It was like within a few days. Um, and I think it was the 20th and I started playing a few days later and I've, I haven't looked back. I've played every friggin' day. So <laughs> it's, you're probably well over a thousand hours, right? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to disclose, you know, I never, okay. you never, you never ask uh, a lady how many hours <laughs> he's played in Animal That's Crossing. True. So, That's uh, true. Yeah, it's over 500, and I'll leave it at that. But it's not it's it's not as high as uh, some people we know who uh, hi Ken, 
Um, yeah. So <laughs> Does the game clock how many hours you've played? Uh, yeah, it starts. I think with any of these Switch games, it starts after you. It's first. It says uh, played for a few days, and then it, it starts clocking it. I don't know if it clocks it when you're inactive. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think when it goes to sleep, it, it it stops clocking it. This is all for the super the Uber. Uh, the Uber Animal Crossing nerds. <laughs> Look, there are there are some. That is a huge thing. That Animal Crossing. Y- y- yeah, is. yeah. It's 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 been great. It's a really good uh, uh, distraction from what's uh, all the the craziness going on right now. So, yeah. yeah, and it's part of the most recent wave of consoles, along with uh, what Xbox One and PlayStation Four, that mm-hmm. comprise the current main console market. But we're gonna go all the way back. Mm-hmm. Starting in the late 60s with the invention of the brown box, which led to the 1972 commercial release of the Magnavox Odyssey, into Pong, into a ton of like Coleco and Immersion and, and early Atari consoles that you probably have never heard of and don't know at all. And rather than get into all that, we're going to go all the way through and we're going to pick the very best video game console. And the, the challenge is, and Mark, I'm interested in what your thoughts are on this. Uh-huh. This really feels like apples to oranges. They're all video game consoles. But mm. what you can do on a console now is so much better. If you just go by tech specs alone, it runs circles around things that came out 10 years ago. So how do we pick something and compare it to things that came before? What do you think, Mark? I think this more than any of the ones that we've done, I think is going to be about its impact. We always talk about like cultural impact when we're doing these. I think that's going to be a big factor in it. There are things that aside from like, if it's just based on graphics, it's going to be whatever the most recent ones are would be the only contenders if it were about graphics and, you know, tech specs. But I think there's a lot more to look at in this. I think that we have to look at the cultural impact. We have to look at accessibility. I feel that's sort of my function in this is to be the outside gamer because I look at it and I'm like, well, the ones that I love the most are Connect and Wii because you can play them in a party with a bunch of people yeah, yeah. who don't really play games. There are two different sure. gaming worlds, I think. There's the world of gaming that happens locally, and then there's the online world of gaming. And those are two very different things, too. You have, I mean, you can have friends that you've made friends that you only know through gaming. And then yeah. uh, there's the local version where if I have my buddies over, we can all grab a Nintendo Wii controller and have a bowling night. Right, exactly. Yeah. In fact, we once did have a bowling night where my favorite detail of the bowling night was I went to my friend's place. This is when the Wii first came out. And he had set up four folding chairs on either side of the room. And <laughs> in the middle of the room where the Nintendo Wii was, was where the controller would sit and you would go pick up your controller. And next to the controller, you had a little portable fan that was blowing up. <laughs> That's great. So we would go and like put put your hand in front yeah. of a little fan. Did you guys clean your balls like the Jesus and do that exactly. whole thing? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We had that little uh, shaky cloth yeah. buffer. <laughs> so on the other side of that, Nathan, you're a more hardcore gamer. You've played a ton of different platforms. I'd love for you to walk us through your history with games and also talk about to you what makes a console great in your eyes. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that's interesting because I I don't play as much as I actually read and listen to podcasts. I, I've slowed down, but I, I know I, catch, I stay up on all the news, which I don't know what that's that's a weird. I don't know how many people do that. It's I, I spend more time watching. I mean, I really hadn't played the Switch in a while, um, but like we said, that when Animal Crossing came out, it's just been 
been playing a lot. I've slowed down as I've kind of like built up the island, and but I'm, I have projects. I have like plans. I have my girlfriend's uh, tent. She when we got the game, she got we got so into it that she had to buy her own Switch and move from that island. So I have, I have a tribute house to her. Where it's got, uh, it's it's an empty, it's it's got, it's got like creepy, spooky things that she left outside, and then there's dinosaur fossils above as a tribute to her. It's, it's crazy, but it, it's a great game. I think I started playing on the Odyssey two. My parents had that one, so and that had like I think the overlay that you'd put on the TV where you could. Oh, wow. It would, yeah. Uh, you actually put on the TV and had the racing games and stuff, and then I don't. I think it was probably one of the Ataris, but I don't, I can't remember which ones that we grew up on. But the big one for me was uh, in 85, I saw a neighbor in New York had a Nintendo Entertainment System. And that was, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, it was, I think it was that winter it came out and it was like, uh, he got one early. And yeah, it was, uh, it was mind blowing. I just, I was like, you can play this in your house. There's an arcade. What is it like? See, Super Mario Brothers for the first time. I, I, I remember where I was in his kitchen. Like it's, it, it was, you know, what was that the dolly thing they do when in, uh, Spielberg and, and, uh, Hitchcock did? Well, I yeah, forget what yeah. the term is for that. That, it was that moment where I was just mind, mind blown. The thriller shot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my start and, you know, just went from there. Dropped out of gaming when, you know, uh, I guess around the time of like N64 and stopped playing for a little bit because I discovered, you know, girls and music and, and then I was right back into it. So, you know, sure. I was, I was gone for, I was gone for like, I think, you know, a year or something and then kind of, kind of got back in. <laughs> if you had an Odyssey as a kid, you're, and you're a little younger than we are. Was, mm-hmm. Did you inherit video games from your dad? Is that something you would do together? Cause my dad was like the technology Commodore 64. We played games on, then he got an Atari that I would play yeah. on more than him. Like he would have friends over and he had to be in his late twenties, early thirties. He would have his friends over and they would sit and play Atari. And that was when I couldn't be on. I would just sort of watch them play and hang out. Yeah. Um, he would play. I see my memories of him playing was when we had original NES, he could play Mario brothers. My mom, I think picked it up and was just like, no, nope, this isn't for me. Um, <laughs> and wait, you have to hold down B to run. I'm out. I'm out. That's too complicated. This isn't, you know, Millipede or, or Pac-Man. Um, but he, you know, we always made fun of him because, you know, he would play the, uh, one night he stayed up all night cross-legged on the floor playing Jaws by LGN. And like, I just have this memory, like you've been up all night, uh, 64 slices of American cheese. Yeah. But, but we still, we still have an ongoing joke because he was so proud. He was so happy when he beat the little mermaid on NES. And we were like, Oh, did you beat the little mermaid? Oh, good for you. <laughs> How's your little baby game? <laughs> so it's kind of a running joke where um, he has a section in his uh, in his office where it's um, Little Mermaid cartridges. Like every year, if I find one, I'll be like, here you go. Here's it's a cartridge. Here it is on Game Gear now. Now you can have the whole Little Mermaid collection. Hey, don't knock those cheap movie tie-in games. Yeah, I was yeah. Uh, I was addicted to those as a kid. I played yeah. Goonies 2. I think I played Little Mermaid. I definitely played Aladdin on the Genesis. Sure. Mm. Sure. All those Disney movies made great games. Now you have Kingdom Hearts, which is like one of the more popular mm-hmm. role-playing games out there. So they figured out, is that a Square Enix game? Is that who they're? Yes. Yes. Uh, on that? So. It was Square and there was two companies that combined the, 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 with the Final Fantasy guys. I'm not as familiar with the early RPGs. I think we played like Rygar and some of those. That was kind of an action RPG on Nintendo. Yeah. Um, 
But all those Disney games, they were all done by Capcom or I think there was a couple in-house. And interestingly enough, to some people, I guess, anyway, uh, <laughs> there was a, um, some people listening here, the original idea for Donkey Kong I guess I'm getting sidetracked. I'm getting my games mixed up, but Miyamoto wanted Donkey Kong to be Popeye, and they later did a Popeye game. But the original yes. uh, construction, if you look at it, it would be Bluto and Popeye trying to rescue Olive Oil. It's the it's it's the exact. Oh. I mean, he just switched out the sprites because they couldn't get the license to it. And the rest is history, and they invented Mario. Yeah, yeah. and he just he started with um, Donkey Kong, and then he did Mario, Zelda, Pikmin. He's the Disney of Nintendo. Uh, yeah. Miyamoto. Yeah. Well, let's jump back to the very beginning. You mentioned the Odyssey two. Let's talk about the Odyssey one. I don't know where the Odyssey two fits in, but the Odyssey itself that over it was just three dots came out in 1972. And what is this? You would overlay something onto your screen because they just didn't have the graphics. So it's like, oh, here, just put this transparency up. Or I'm, I'm not even right. sure how they, this they, I don't. I guess they just didn't have enough memory. It was They had enough to have a block, but it's like, no, we can't have a grid for you in the game. Mm-hmm. So you, you put it up on the TV and race. And I mean, look where we are now with uh, you know the PS5 coming out. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. And those games, so all the Odysseys that came, I think there were like five or six different versions of the Odyssey. Each one was like a little better than the one before. Now when you come out with a next generation console, you have to make a significant leap. And part of that is because mm-hmm. you have a competitor, whether it's Sega and Nintendo or now Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, who is going to try to make Everything, you know, we're going to make a jump to the next level of graphic ability and memory. The games are going to be faster and more detailed and more complex. But the Odyssey made like sort of baby steps while all Mm. of these different, maybe lesser known consoles were trying to get into the market with like, this one has a light gun. Like the light gun is a pretty early, pretty early. Yeah, the light gun came in with Odyssey. Yeah, but it didn't really come back until the NES. Like the Atari, Mm. you didn't really play on a light gun. It was all about your joystick. And it was the few, like the Intellivision, which came out around the same time, had what I thought was the worst controller in history. <laughs> it looked like it looked like an old remote control had a dial at the top and a number pad, and you oh, would yeah. slip in cards based on what game you were playing, and that would change what the controls were, which is interesting. I'll give it that, but I could not, as a child who could play games and play them well. Every time I got on the Intellivision, I was like, who did they, this is like the floor in Last Crusade. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to press on the wrong thing. I'm going to fall it through the ground. Like, I'll tell you, I had, weird. that was my introduction to video games was the Intellivision that my grandparents okay. had at their house. Wait, and did they, were they playing? I think they bought it for when the grandkids came over. Right. Yeah. I, though I love the idea that my former police officer grandfather was playing some cops and robbers game. <laughs> it's like, you know, he was retired, but he wanted to still be out there in the field. But yeah, I, the worst thing that could happen was you would lose those little plastic things, the little plastic sheets that you would slide over the keypad. And then we would just try to have to remember what it looked like. Oh man. <laughs> like, oh, I think it was, I think the eight meant fire. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was like playing. I mean, look, we've come a long way from playing games on what looked like a phone to having a phone that looks like a video game television. Yeah. So, um, I I, I uh, ran over to my uh, bookshelf to grab. Should have had this ready. It's a uh, history of Nintendo. So I'm, I'm sort I'm sort of showing my uh, my favorite company here already. Sure. But 
it goes, I mean, I don't know if you guys knew this, but it goes, I don't know if you knew this, gays, but it goes back to. <laughs> Did you just um actually us? Yes, yeah, actually. <laughs> mm, it, uh, it, uh, they were founded in 1889. I'm sorry, 1889? 1889. 1889. So they, they were a uh, card company, weren't they? Yeah, Hanafuda playing cards. And they were, I mean, I, I even went to, I got to go to Japan once, um, like 10 years ago or so. And uh, went to Kyoto, where they had a, there's a little building, and that one was established in. God, I'm sounding sounding like <laughs> I had a Nintendo nerd here, but that's okay. Uh, 1933. Uh, I even got. A, I have a picture. Um, you know, we happened to be there, and I'm like, is there any way we can go go to Kyoto before Tokyo? Uh, anyhow, Ken, cut this part out. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to swear this time. I'll cut that part out. Or will I? Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just, they play these, it was, it's this traditional Japanese, um, playing card game called Hanafuda. And they were at ties with the Yakuza or the Yakuza, uh, if you're a stickler for that kind of pronunciation. But they did all these toys. They were a toy company, essentially. And they had, uh, they had love hotels. They had, they made rice. They made, playing cards and they they tried everything you can look here's a 1975 they were doing a coin and stick game mr magician i'll say this this makes perfect sense that nintendo is and that's why nintendo has always felt like an outlier is these other consoles they seem like video game consoles in the model of video game consoles and in a linear path of making video game consoles better. Nintendo feels like, how does a toy company approach the idea of video games? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I'm just, I've, I've been fascinated uh, with them, you know, since I, like I said, since I saw that first, first game, but it, it, I, their first video games would be mid seventies. If I, uh, yeah, um, chapter eight, the first video game consoles. This is a book called The History of Nintendo, uh, 1889 to 1980, from playing cards to game and watch. And it's crazy. They had one that was kind of like the uh, early Wii, which was called the Color TV Game Six, which is from June of 1977, and it had a bunch of. Um, a bunch of sports games on it and it was a simple it's a little a little box and it sold for 9800 yen so $98 and i mean then they did the game and watch was which was basically the DS before the DS it had the two mm-hmm. it folded and opened you know it had the they had the Popeye game and but they were pretty advanced at that point we were talking about you know just talking about the other ones and and like just in a few years they went to like really addictive fun you know gameplay mm-hmm. But these were strictly available in Japan. Uh, these were, yes. Um, I mean, I, I can't imagine what these things go for nowadays. But uh, if you guys know anyone, let me know. Uh, no, um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's. Uh, I, I, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Um, but all these uh, tabletops, block fever. You know, oh, here's another interesting tidbit: is the guy who created the Game Boy. He created the Ultra Hand, which is what we know that that claw toy. Oh, you mean the like it's like a long arm with a little yeah. grip on one end, and then it it's the thing that you used to get socks from behind the <laughs> dryer when they fall. Exactly, and that was a toy that they did. That, yeah, that guy uh, Gunpei Yupoi is that his name? I might be mispronouncing him. Anyhow, uh, but that's everyone knows that the claw 
I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, and and then he went on. He did the Game Boy, and unfortunately, the vir- the Virtual Boy also. So that was the you know, yeah, his last... the real winner of this episode. Yeah, there we go. Okay, we can we can end it now. It's the Virtual Boy. Thank you guys. It's the third of the Virtual Boy. Oh, yeah. there is a there is a Virtual Boy at the Max Fun headquarters, sitting on a shelf. But it was a small. It had a little tripod to it. It was small red like headset. You would so you would lean mm-hmm. into it while you were playing. And it was about as advanced. I forget when it came out. I feel like it was early, early was to mid nineties. Ninety five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like the lowest end of what you could do with virtual reality gaming. Right. In it was Lawnmower like, Man VR. You know, it, Lawnmower Man looks like it, it was their, their attempt of doing the 3DS, but their technology wasn't there. It, Nintendo always uses they release slightly outdated technology so they can release it, uh, perfect it, and release it at a lower price to keep costs down and have it longevity for it. Like the Game Boy was inferior to the Lynx and and Game mm. Gear, but it only it used two batteries, or maybe it was four. The other ones used six and lasted, you know. They just, you burn through them and batteries, you could, you know, they, they got expensive back then. You're buying like, you buying six AA batteries for, you know, a car ride. It would last, you know, the first three hours. That's it's yeah. not going to, it's not going <laughs> to work. And the Game Boy, you put in your pocket, they had Tetris with it. So it's like anyone could understand the, the fact that mm-hmm. they, that's a whole other story. We'll do this as another podcast, but the story of uh, Tetris versus uh, Arkanoid will be, will be the next <laughs> versus, wow. versus breakout. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I do want to talk about the links in a little bit, but just to go back to these early, I think out of these early machines, the Atari 2600 and it's the 5200 that came after it, those were sort Mm -hmm. of the king of video games that most people had that led to the boom in home video games and then the eventual crash because they didn't have, I think one of the things that will be a, a distinctive factor when we get down to finalists, and I think it's where the Atari 2600 falls down is the lack of distinct titles, which now is Mm. as much about licensing from different developers as it is uh, what you have in-house. But uh, while Atari has a lot of early games, their version of Pac-Man was inferior. Their versions of the games that were popular in arcades didn't hold up. And the Mm. ones they did have that you might remember, like Breakout was a good one, and Warlords was kind of a better version of Breakout where you could play with four people. Mm. Their games just weren't are, are not as good. And I love... The Atari Pitfall was a great game, and the commercial was a young Jack not, Black. But not made by uh, – not made no, by Activision. Activ- Activ- yeah, that's right. The one that yeah. started Activision. I Activision didn't know the commercial had the- Jack Black in it. it did, yeah, he's a, it's a little <laughs> kid. But those are right. the be- – I think Activision made the best Atari games because they had mm-hmm. Pitfall, River Raid, Keystone Cops. The, those were like the best titles that they Keystone had. Keystone Cops. You, well, you always want to tie it into whatever the most popular movie <laughs> of the moment is. <laughs> sure. So well, back in have, 1977, Keystone Cops, everybody was watching. I, them. I, I really like the Kramer versus Kramer game personally. But, <laughs> it was so good. Um, yeah, you have to aim the glass at the wall, right? <laughs> you, have to, you have to navigate a cursor through divorce. <laughs> well, now, but now they have on PS4 the Marriage Story game, and that one, the, the graphics yeah. were better. So, yeah, um, so, what was it? So they had uh, the Breakout Arkanoid was another one, and then. Nintendo did their own called Alleyway that was on Game Boy, where all they did was Mario runs and jumps into the the pong block. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The paddle. Yeah. yeah, man. But these systems up to 1983—that's a good cutoff point for this first segment of it. It seems like what's the star of this time, as fun as the ColecoVision was, and as fun as or not fun as the Intellivision was, but as nostalgic as it is for me. 
Yeah, I think the Atari 2600 is the juggernaut of this time. So much so that the market was flooded and eventually they very famously had to bury 700,000 video games in the New Mexico desert. I do love that uh, ColecoVision was a, and there are a lot of stories that will probably just refer to this idea that there was something superior that didn't sell as well. And ColecoVision, I thought, was a better system than mm-hmm. Atari graphically. So we had close family friends who got a ColecoVision and they were on vacation when it arrived. So my dad, they were like, they asked my dad to go pick it up and we were allowed to like play with it for a couple of weeks while they were away. And I played Donkey Kong on that thing. Mm-hmm. And it felt like I was in an arcade playing Donkey Kong. It was I, – I didn't know that a video game system could look that good on TV because yeah. it, it made Atari look like crap, like a, just a pile of squares <laughs> moving around. Just Isn't like that what crap. all of this is? It's just the squares have gotten much, much smaller. <laughs> they're smaller would- squares now. <laughs> Now they're circles. They used to be squares. And now That's they're, true. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did, had a tangent. Did you guys see the PS5 announcement? Uh, yes. we, we, we throw this in at the end maybe, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I know we're jumping around here. Ken, sorry, Ken, we're going to you're gonna have to edit this a little, uh, <laughs> place, place this part at the end. Um, I, uh, I'm very excited for a new cookies and cream console that I can play. <laughs> it, it looks terrible and, but it almost doesn't matter. It could have been a middle finger that had F.U. Hal carved on it, and I would still be like, all right, so I can pre-order it now, and it'll be yeah. here in November. That's how that works. Personally, I like the design because it looks like something like the Nostromo, especially if you oh, have the disc drive. Is, I've <laughs> seen this one. This it's is that yeah, it's, it's, a ta- it's like a ta- it's a, It looks like a building in downtown L.A. There's a building right. in downtown L.A. that looks like a PS3. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> and and uh, the old model, fat 60 gig. Um, right. yeah. And I like this design. Um, the question is, do you get the discless one or do you get it's true this man has no disc uh do you yes. get the dis- discless one or do you get the because that the, the discless one is symmetrical and it, it kind of forms a v if you look yeah. at the mm-hmm. i don't know I, i'm someone who's still old school where i go i want to have the option of, of a backwards compatibility right. just i want it there even if i don't use it but it's all going to come down to price and and i'm not going to yeah. i'm never a day one sony guy but um, yeah. Backwards compatibility. Let's let's take a let's go on another brief tangent. Yeah, sure. Because this is going to come up a lot with these systems. I think that's actually an important part of it. Because as a pedestrian gamer, one thing that I don't like about getting a new system, in the same way that it's like, okay, well, you switch from cassettes to CDs, and suddenly your cassettes are all obsolete. Yeah. That was what made the PlayStation Two so epically huge was that PlayStation 2 could play PlayStation 1 games. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, so you've doubled your catalog of games that you can play. If you've spent, you know, several hundred dollars on a a bookshelf full of PlayStation 1 games, they're not all made obsolete by the fact that that red, white, and yellow jack on the back of your TV is now occupied by a completely different system. Yeah. Now, now, I think um, how I think you played the Sony's more than I did, but I was, was that. Sony, but yeah, was that the first? I'm trying to think what was the first backwards. It was probably like a, a Mega Drive or like their original Genesis, or, or it was probably an adapter that I am not familiar yeah. with because the Master System was not uh, didn't do well here, and no. I think it did really well in Japan and and in Brazil, but Brazil and in mm. Europe. The, the 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 Mega Drive and the, the the Master System did very well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 
that there was an attachment because the Genesis was top loading mm-hmm. that you could put into a Genesis. It was like an, ad- yeah, it was like adapter that sat on top of it that let you put in it, that was that- put in master system games, but they're like outside of like yeah. Rocky and their baseball was good. Genesis was was such a good system. It was a bigger deal with Sony because the PlayStation sold so well mm-hmm. that to go to the two and and what happens instantly, not only is the console expensive, but the games are generally fifty to sixty to seventy dollars right out of the gate. So mm-hmm. to be able to play that old library is a, is a big deal. And I remember when the three came out, being kind of disappointed because there were games on the two that I really liked that I couldn't bring yeah. with me. Yeah, and then they had the DVD player on the PS. Too, that was a big deal. I think that's what yep. that. I think it's it's up there. With, it's one of the. I, I think it's the the DS is still. It's the PS2 or the DS or the, is the, the highest selling system. I don't have my notes, <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's um the, that yeah that was major. Even not owning, I didn't own a. Um, I I didn't get into Sony until like a PS3, and it was for the Blu-ray. I got one of the launch sixty gig ones. It, it was it was already sold out because I wasn't going to pay. You know that was a that debacle where they released it for six hundred dollars, uh-huh. and uh, and we'll see we'll see if yeah we'll see if history repeats itself with the PS Five. But that was I, I got a used one, and I, I wanted to get the original sixty gig with the motion chip or something. It was the one that played all of it, and then they took it out and they kind of they tried to bring the cost down so you couldn't play all your old games. Yeah. Thanks, Sony. <laughs> I do have an answer, thanks to our researcher, Kate McManus, who has given us an exhaustive history of the video game consoles. The first console to be backwards compatible was the Atari 7800 in 1984, which oh. would play games all the way back to 1977's Atari 2600. Wow. That was the first backwards compatible system. So That's there you fair. go. It came out and at the wrong failed, time, but, yeah. unfortunately. It did. It came out right after the big bust. Let's yeah. move chronologically past the Atari age and into the big year for video games, not only return, but the return that has never left, the relaunch of video games. And that's 1985 with the Nintendo Entertainment System. That was my first system. And I mean, it, that's already on the Mount Rushmore and it's going to be tough to move it out of the Washington spot. <laughs> yeah. Because that was my first system. That was the first system for everyone I knew as a kid. Growing up, that was it. I even now have the Nintendo Mini that I take with me to work. (laughs) If I know I'm going to have a long day at work. Because it's easily portable and can plug into anything. But those are the games that... And maybe this is just because of my age and that was my childhood. But that was what blew it wide open for me. And the idea, like I was joking earlier about Goonies too, that was the first game that I got, aside from Mario and Duck Hunt, which everybody got into because they came with the system. And Excitebike. I loved Excitebike. Ah, yes, yes. Sure. But Goonies too blew my mind because it was like, wait, they never made a sequel to the movie. They just made the sequel in video game form? Wait, there's mermaids and all the Goonies have been locked up? I there was save them. There was no they 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 weren't concerned with licensing issues. They was just like ah, put a two on it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's amazing. And that I think I think it did a great job of unlocking the imagination that video games would eventually come to unlock. Like because before that, your imagination was limited to believing that this little scissoring green lines were crocodiles underneath a swinging rope in pitfall. Now you've got the legend of Zelda, the original legend of Zelda and the story of the Triforce. And you have this big, beautiful map. And so all of these amazing imaginative things came out of that time. If you look at the first year 
of the Nintendo Entertainment System alone. Mm-hmm. The basis of video game language from the Konami code to everything Mario Brothers to even games like Ice Climber and Excite Bike to 10 yard fight and ho- like their version of hockey. Like there is a shorthand in games that comes from that system and it it certainly collapsed under its own weight at some point because they handed out licenses to anybody. You know, that's when you get games yeah. like the Noi, Avoid the Noid or <laughs> the, 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 the Seven Up spot had a game. Did he yes. really? Yeah. He, if they, I don't know what uh, genderless. Wait, wait, we're getting back to fast food again. Uh, we always <laughs> want to talk. Look, we always do. We yeah. always talk about fast food. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about Hardee's. Wait, which, which show are we on? <laughs> but yeah, like it's just has become timeless there's a reason why when they released the nes mini that you have mark mm-hmm. and i assume you also have nathan but i um, do not have i hunted one down and yeah they yeah go on it's it's uh it was infuriating it's yeah it's sold out because everybody still that those games are still playable and still yeah. fun that that's like when you have a switch one of the great things is when you go online with it you can play all the old nintendo games you can play old super nintendo games oh that's cool yeah. So yeah. yeah, and meanwhile, the miniature version of the Sega Genesis, which also exists, you can get at my CVS. Well, that it, okay. That was uh, it was a company called A2, and they were just I think it was A2. It, whatever company that that one is uh, notoriously shoddy. Like what the sound is all off. I, they just put out one that you can get at Best Buy, and I think it's already marked down. I have a working. I have a Genesis three here. So it was the slim down one from the nineties, but the new one that came out, if you get one at Best Buy and look for, I think it's M2 is the company. I'm getting the, uh, we have to research that, Ken. Um, but, uh, <laughs> this is the, the Genesis emulator. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the, like the new Genesis mini. I think it came out last year. That one's supposed to be fantastic. Well, it's, it's supposed to work. That's the difference yeah. between the one that you did. Yeah. So, uh, so just, uh, Word, word to the any buyers out there, beware of the Costco one or the CVS, yeah. I'll tell you yeah. uh, one thing that I love about this mini, and it makes me love and remember the NES, is one of the games that's on this is Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. And I love Tecmo Bowl. And I hadn't thought about this, but I was playing against Eric Edelstein, who always comes up on this show. Mm-hmm. Of course. We, he was over here playing um, a few months ago before, you know, nobody could see each other. Uh, and we're playing Tecmo Bowl on the mini. And I'm playing as Los Angeles. And I know all I have to do is get the ball to my running back, get the ball to my running back. I was like, this game has an amazing running back. And he was like, yeah, because when that game came out, Los Angeles had Bo Jackson as the running back. <laughs> yep. And they actually like Nintendo or that game specifically had the foresight of a sports game which would happen later on of using actual people they could never name them of course right right but of using actual attributes like yeah give the la team a they didn't even use the team names they hadn't licensed anything from the nfl they were like give that team a great running back and give the san francisco team who isn't the 49ers but they're red and yellow give them a great quarterback well i wanted to move on from the nes because i feel like it's a finalist is that fair to say yeah yeah, I wanted to move on to the game system that I saved up money. We had a, you know, my dad, who's been a real estate broker for pretty much my entire life, he would have like a water cooler. So mm-hmm. I had one of the water cooler bottles, one of the plastic bottles, and I filled it with change and dollars and stuff. And the day that I emptied it was to get $289.99 plus tax to buy a Sega Genesis from KB Toys. So. Mm-hmm. 
I think if the NES is the king of 8-bit consoles, of which there were a few, while Super Nintendo is great and there are a lot of great games on it, the Genesis was the king of the 16-bit console. And it lasted for a very long time and had a ton of great games. You had uh, Altered Beast, Golden Axe, mm. the, uh, the oh, NHL Beast. games. All the NHL – I mean NHL 93 is immortalized because it's what they're playing in uh, – Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What are they play, what were they playing in Mall Rats? Were they playing it was uh it was one of them had Blades of Steel, I thought. Oh, that, that was it. That it I think that been, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. It was either Blades of Steel or he was playing like the Sega hockey game that was mm-hmm. not licensed. <laughs> but those NHL games they, that, that was like the rise of EA Sports. Electronic right. Arts have been around right. since way earlier doing stuff like Snokey for Commodore 64 and early right. computers, but then you get into this is like where they flourish and it's the birth of EA Sports, which is one of the most successful gaming companies of all time. And they got yeah. licenses. Also, they got licenses with the NHL Players Association, mm-hmm. Lakers versus Celtics, and NBA Live, which is the progenitor of of everything that we play now. And mm-hmm. even came from earlier when they were doing Bird versus Magic, and then Bird versus Jordan later on. But that's like the 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 rise of sports and more detailed sports games than you'd ever had before really yeah. didn't come along until the Genesis. Yeah. I think that this is where we're going to differ because back in the, the console wars, as they, they called it, we had the Nintendo and then our next door neighbors, the Stricklands got a Genesis. I think that was like you said, 89. So we wanted to get that. My mom got it for my brother and I, and we were all about it. Yeah. Like you said, Altered Beast was what, you know, it blew my mind Yeah, uh, to see that in your home. Revenge of Shinobi was fantastic and we should say for those who don't know that it was a it's a a massive leap in graphics Mm -hmm. from the nintendo in three short years yeah it was they they had it out in japan like a year before as the mega drive and it was the closest you'd seen i mean you you thought you were playing with power before but this was like you know it was it was crazy to have this these arcade games in your house there was what like uh afterburner the original uncensored og uh mortal Kombat was a genesis game yeah that was Street Fighter. Yeah. yeah, Street Fighter was, I think, technically better on Super Nintendo, but people would go mm. for, and this is where Nintendo got their kitty image because they were very protective over, you know, they wanted to have a, a squeaky clean image. Uh, it was sweat in the Mortal Kombat version on Super Nintendo. So, like, uh, yeah. swap out the, the 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 sprites, so it wasn't. Yeah, he just he, he's just sweating a lot. He's just it's, yeah. he's hot in there. So, yeah. <laughs> when you rip someone's spine out, it's just sweat inside their body. It was it was sure. a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm holding a sweat drive later on, just to, so we have some on hand in case there's a disaster in the area. So you better eat a cookie after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get a cookie out. You're gonna be a little dizzy after all that sweating. Let's take a little leap forward from the Genesis from 1988 to 1992. These were happening fast. We went from yeah. 8-bit Nintendo in 85 to 16-bit Super Nintendo or to uh, 16-bit Sega Genesis. And then was uh, was the Super Nintendo Nintendo 16-bit console? Yes. 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 Okay. So that was two years later in 91. Mm-hmm. And now what, what I'll say here is uh, I, I think we can – I think I might give this to you because I, I'm very close. Because I, I have an idea of what I want the final one to be. So uh, <laughs> what I think the, the winner for me, and we, we'll sure. see where it goes. But yeah. – uh, Sure. But, Neil Gorsuch said the same thing a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've made up my mind, but change it. So I, we got a Genesis – and the next year, because there was no internet, 
There was no, it was the playground. It was, I mean, I remember drawing in the sand and you, for, this was for Legend of Zelda and yes, you would literally draw the sand and like go, okay, you go over three here and go down and you burn that bush and you can go down the stairs. That was, you know, that was our internet. We just had a, a sandbox and our finger. Uh, and, um, so we didn't know that the, that was coming out. We, we saw what the next door neighbors had and we went, Oh, we, we want to get that. So that next Christmas we got, it, and then they announced the Super Nintendo and I fooled myself into saying, I, I don't want it. Genesis is better. I would write down in my, I, all the games that Genesis had, I'd write down in my notebook. I was like fifth grade or something. And I even wrote out that the slogan for the, the console wars or the Sega slogan for the ads were, uh, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Oh, that was right. That was yeah. fun. So I convinced myself, I do not want a Super Nintendo. It sucks. It's stupid. And while I'm seeing my friends play like Pilot Wings and Super Mario World and going, oh, this looks cool. It's like, it's like those games I played, but a little bit better. I mean, yeah. twice as better. Oh my God. And, and so she, my mom just said, no, you have a system. You're not getting another one. So this is probably my greatest. I've told this before, but this is probably my greatest and craftiest moment. And it's all downhill from, from there. I had 10 kids in my class chip in $17 to buy it for me. So that my mom couldn't say anything and I coordinated it. <laughs> And I was like Hartman going, all right, you buy me the blue Bugaman, you get me the yellow one. And they all chipped in and I got it for my, it was my 12th birthday in summer of 91. And I still have it over here. It still works. It's, uh, it's, it can drink now. It's, it's legal. Um, it can, it can, Super it can, Nintendo is legal to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, beyond. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, she couldn't say anything. And I just kind of like, that's probably my favorite summer of childhood was the year before it was Genesis and Guns N' Roses cassette. Uh, like, I think it was before your, use your illusion came out. So it was, um, appetite. It was the cassette of civil war. It was for Terminator two. It was civil war and don't cry. The, we got it, the, the maxi single cassette. Sure. And then the next year was Super <laughs> Nintendo and Nirvana's Nevermind. So that was, that like edged it out. It was kind of a, uh, it was, that was a very memorable summer playing A Link to the Past and listening to Nevermind and Bleach and some Metallica and all that good stuff. But you know, good times, good times. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, it is. Super Nintendo was everywhere. It's not like it was a less successful. It felt to me more like a continuation. Like, all right, here's the mm -hmm. new Link game. Here's the new Mario game. Whereas Sega felt like because they helped take games in a more mature direction, not as much as a failed console at the same time, which was the TurboGrafx-16, which is like, ah. here's, here's Splatterhouse, which is... Honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That it, ex it would be, feel weird to which, talk about its existence. Which, not to show my hand, but to totally show my hand, is on the Switch. They have a Namco co collection, yeah. So, uh, moving on. No, I, I think we, I think we're in agreement here. I think that the Genesis takes this one just for what it. Uh, it was Sega's. I mean, it, it made Nintendo. It gave them a run for their money. And that was, it lost in the end. I think you could still argue this. This is still a debate that goes on. I have a book here about the, they were supposed to turn it into a movie with Seth Rogen's uh, company was going to do. I don't know what happened, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it, it, it's, we got, we got to give the slight edge to, to Genesis here. Yeah. To Genesis in this second era, 16 bit system. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think this is a good place to take a break because we're about to get into the more modern era of video games. So let's do that and we'll be right back with the modern era of video game consoles. Get over here! <laughs> oh. 
A while ago, MaxFun sent out a survey that included the question, how can MaxFun best support you right now? And there's really amazing replies here, including this one, which is really, really simple, from Kara in Athens, Georgia. She just said, I'm just glad you're here. And I think that kind of says it all. I love that comfort of knowing that the podcast that I listen to is going to be there for me week after week during a very weird time. Like comfort food. How you are my meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And you are my mac and cheese with bacon bits in it. And also apple juice. And then uh, (laughs) after that, I'm probably going to have some peanut M&Ms and Doritos. And then later on, I'll have ice cream. And then late at night, when I should be asleep, I'm going to have fruity pebbles with marshmallows because it's cheat day and I'm trying to get it all in. Anyway, we're in awe of how our community has come together to enjoy and share our content right now. Content like what you just heard. And we're glad that we can inspire you or make you laugh when you need it most. You are part of the community just by listening. You are supporting this community when you join as a member. You can see all the different membership levels and their corresponding gifts at MaximumFun.org slash join. You get the bonus content starting at $5 per month. Some folks give $50 or $100 per month, but it's most important that you give what's comfortable for your budget. We have a feeling you'll like being a member. And we want you to stick around. And if the level that you're comfortable with is $10 a month, I have good news. Not only do you get to choose a cool pin to wear, this week all of our members at $10 and above have the option to purchase additional pins from the store. All proceeds from the additional pin purchases will go to charity, and there are many great pins to choose from. So visit MaximumFun.org slash join to sign up at $10 a month, and you can grab yourself some additional pins too for a great cause. Just to remind you, as always, because that is my job, make sure you tell Maximum Fun that you listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal when you are filling out that form, whether you're upgrading or joining for the first time. That is how you can make sure that we're benefiting from your contribution. And again, we're so grateful to all of the members right now who are allowing us to keep creating this program and giving us the means to do that. We're trying to make sense of all this too. It is such a weird time. And the fact that our members are still supporting us is just amazing and inspirational and hopefully we're bringing you joy that equals your support. It's almost too good to be true to imagine it's happening. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those of you who are able to join and become members during this drive, thank you too. And those of you who can't but continue to listen to the show and support us in other ways, we appreciate you too. And now let's get to the end of this thing. And we're back. Yes. <laughs> so now we've jumped past the early 90s and the Super Nintendo. We didn't mention the Sega CD that came out the same year as the Super Nintendo. It's good. It's fine. It's good. My thing, we had a Sega CD. We had a Sega Genesis. For me, the Sega CD was all about Mad Dog McCree. It brought Mad Dog McCree from the arcade into my home. Did it, though? And I loved that about it. It was... Well, in a super pixelated version. Yeah, uh, it was it was like, the first one to use the CD technology. Right. Yeah. It's, it's Mad Dog McCree, but if everybody was in the witness protection program. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all blurry and their voices yeah. all sound like this. They have, to, sense. they have to eat a spaghetti with ketchup sauce like a schnook. Yeah. <laughs> but in nineteen ninety-four, following Sega C D, the first real move into the modern era of this to use CD-ROM technology was from a brand new company, not a brand new company, but a brand new player in this game. It had been Sega versus Nintendo for so long. In 1994, boom, Sony comes out with the original PlayStation. Were you guys PlayStation kids? 
I, I was, but the PlayStation was originally supposed to be a collaboration with Nintendo. And there are a few, I think it was cartridge and disc. I think it had like the ability to do both or it's like a slightly yeah, different. They were going to use, it was the, the, the Nintendo PlayStation. They were going, they partnered with Sony to make it so they were licensing their games, but it would also have a disc drive. So it would have better sound quality. And what happened was they got nervous about having people pirating their discs. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get mm-hmm. to what happened with them and their the kind of fumble with the N64 and the cartridges. But mm-hmm. last minute, and they they shamed Sony. They last minute they announced that they were doing a partnership with Philips. So they announced it, and that was bad. That was, I mean, mm-hmm. you you see where it's gone now. And they they made a competitor. Sega would bow out after this, but um, they they created their biggest competitor, arguably. Um, I don't think, you know, we'll get into the the third tier that comes comes a little bit later, but yeah, yeah. that's the backstory I, there. I mean, the PlayStation is. Uh, I <laughs> my freshman year of college, I had to deal with my parents that if I had straight A's at the end of my first semester, that I would get one, and I had like I think a three point eight grade average that semester. That's and, not straight A's. No, it was. There were a like a no. It was oh, like dad. Whatever the, <laughs> Leave me alone. No, please. I want to play my PlayStation. I'm saying straight A's would have been a 4.0, and you would have had a PlayStation. Son. I think it was like, go I to think your room. Was, I think it was like hit a 3.8. He, he, you got a 30. You got a 32x instead. Like, oh great. <laughs> Here's a 3do. You. Oh, oh, that that was, you got all D's. Yeah, Yeah, that was, that was punishment, but you got all three D's. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was a game changer. It was the PlayStation cartridges. The controller felt different. Everything about it felt different and new. And as the PlayStation has evolved and moved forward, Mm -hmm. those controllers have like, there's something outside of the fact the console's look has changed. The controller is very similar now. To what it was when it started. It's just yeah. better, sleeker, more buttons, more functionality, which is pretty cool. And that to me was a negative of the PlayStation. Hmm. Like, I even thought that the Genesis, I was like, whoa, 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 Genesis, three buttons, A, B, and C. <laughs> All right, Grant. And right. then the PlayStation comes out and I'm like, oh, it's not even, ne- it's not even letters anymore. Now it's the triangle, the square, the X, the. Yeah. For anyone listening, uh, Mark just held up three fingers in the German way, so we're gonna have to kill. We we know that yeah. we know that he's actually a spy now. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny? Ever since Sing and Glorious Bastards, that's how I've said the number three, so I oh, don't nice. get killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what every photo's guide tells you to do that. If only yeah, exactly. <laughs> had one. If oh only. my god! But yeah, Sega came out with the Saturn in '95, which. That's, you know, they were trying, but it, it did not, bad. it didn't blow. That, yeah, it, was, it was all about the PlayStation until 96 when Nintendo introduced the Nintendo 64. So now the two big fighters in the arena are PlayStation, original PlayStation versus N64. I just don't think it's close, though. You, like, think, well, it's, you think it's PlayStation over Nintendo? See, we're going to, I, once again, I'm going to make my case. And then okay. I will, we will, no, uh, like I said, I was, uh, I've always been a Nintendo guy. I got into Nintendo, Sega recently, you know, I've gotten into Sony, but the N64, that was the time that I kind of got out of video games. I think I played Mario 64 and I'm like, that's cool. My favorite franchise of all time is Legend of Zelda. And I have never played all the way through Ocarina of Time. Which is people are like, that's the best one. I'm like, no, Link to the Past is the, that's my, I think that's the best game in my opinion. It's my favorite game of all time. 
the one on Super Nintendo. Anyhow, so okay, I totally see what you're saying. If I'd had, if I played a, a PlayStation, I would probably be with you. So mm-hmm. that's my case. I have, I don't have a ton of nostalgia. That's kind of the, they weren't quite there yet. The games are look, they, they're muddy, they're blurry, and they couldn't do what PlayStation could do, but they pulled off a lot with those cartridges. Resident Evil 2 was, I remember being really mm-hmm. impressive. Well, I think they had three, Again, this is from not being inside the gaming world, but more of an outside observer or a play it uh, with friends who weren't necessarily gamers. They had three huge, epic, game-changing titles that they had. One, you mentioned yeah. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which was a long-time play-it-by-yourself game. But they also had Mario Kart 64, yeah, which was a... Per- I can't tell you the number of parties... In 96, 97, like high school and college that we, where we played either Mario Kart 64 and of course, GoldenEye. GoldenEye. Nintendo sure. 64 bringing out GoldenEye. That, that was such a revolutionary game. Yeah. The N64 was the first console to have the four ports. I mean, I might be wrong on that, but it was at least the first one that I, I remember where, yeah, yeah I'd be mean, playing, sitting around and playing I didn't get into GoldenEye as much as that was a big like uh, college game for a lot of people. Like that was just just nonstop because it was like having a land party in one room. You didn't have yeah. to have connect through all the wires like the Game Boy with their connector uh, <laughs> uh, right. tethered to someone, you know. Uh, but Mario sixty four, uh, Mario Kart sixty four, that was huge. The battle mode, especially mm-hmm. going in and you you'd, you'd have to pop the balloons and all that stuff was it was it was crazy. It was crazy to see that in three D. That seemed to me like the first time, especially, and maybe that was it. Maybe that it was because of the four ports that you had that it re like playing video games for me became a party thing, a thing that you did. It was one corner of a party. Any party was going to have four people playing either GoldenEye or Mario Kart 64. Yeah, the other corner, there was a guy with a guitar. And then there was a guy, you yeah. know, smoking the pot in the other, the other corner. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's the room with the door closed. Yeah. yeah. That's where they're playing PlayStation. It was a little more adult. (laughs) Yeah. They had some wine out at a cheese board. Oh my God. I do want to shout out another great console from this period that was Mm -hmm. not as big a success, but I think in retrospect is maybe one of the greatest consoles of all time. Although I don't think it stands a chance to win here, which is the Sega Dreamcast. Mm. Yeah. It, It was a four port system. It came out in 1998. The mm-hmm. graphics are great. You can still play games on it. My, I bought a Dreamcast a couple years into living out here, so it had to be like early 2000s. And uh, I wound up – one of my best friends, I gave it to him, and he has it in Chicago. So when I went and visited him, we actually played on it. But some of the titles are great. They're, they're Crazy Taxi is great. Virtua Tennis is maybe the best mm-hmm. tennis game I've played on any system. But what was Isn't that really the system that had the it? comedy boxing game? I don't remember. It was, I just remember a character with like a giant afro. He was super skinny and had one tooth. That's, oh, I know what you're talking about. I think that was on the Dreamcast. That was a Dreamcast game. game. That was a that was yeah. a port of an arcade game. Gotcha. What was great about the Dreamcast was the controllers had these little units that you put in them that had a screen. The v- so, VMUs, yeah. The, yes, the VMU you would put you could play without it, but if you put it mm-hmm. in it would store game data, but also like for a football game, this is the only time this is, that I've ever seen this in any game. The most frustrating part of playing a football game against somebody is they can see the playbook. 
So even if you have three or four plays in front of you, they yeah. have a good idea among those which one you're going to pick. This took your entire playbook and put it onto a little screen in your controller. So nobody could see what the defense or <laughs> offense was picking like an actual football game until this they were in formation on the field. This is such a specific reason I love <laughs> it's, this. It's such a smart use of that. And it wasn't the yeah. only use that they had. but It was the original Wii U. <laughs> yes, exactly. The, it crawled so that the Wii U could fly. Right. There you go. Yeah. 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 And uh, and also, I should, should note that it was the first online. It was the first system with a modem in there. Yeah. But get this. The, here's a, just a, a side note: is the NES. If you look at the bottom of that system, there's a par, there's a place where they had um, planned to have a modem in there. In Japan, they had online for the NES. Oh, that wow. you could you could check the stock market in 1983 or 84 85 i they 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 added i don't know when it came out but they had it in their trojan horse ready to go because that system was from 1985 in the US to 1994 it mm-hmm. i mean it made it to the way they could have if 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 genesis hadn't come around we might have been playing online games on the NES which just blows my mind that it was like right. if they were that forward thinking yeah yeah, it's uh, amazing. Moving forward in time. Yes. We're going to save 2001. That's going to be uh, Era 3, I think, because that's when the next big... Era, era, era. But, era, era. But we, have, we also have the... Uh, in 2000, the PlayStation 2 comes out, and then the Nintendo Huge. GameCube in 2001. This is round two in the second great battle of the consoles. And by the way, here are a couple of exclusive, cause Nintendo is a ton of exclusives. You don't play Mario anywhere else, but on a Nintendo, right. Donkey Kong, Zelda, and they have their exclusive properties. This is Sony's, this is just a list of Sony's exclusives. Grand Theft Auto, Final Fantasy, Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. And they also launched stuff like, uh, Kingdom Hearts was, was on there. Devil May Cry, yep. Ratchet and Clank, God of War. Like yeah. games that there are more adult. The parallel lines of the two of them start to break apart here, mm-hmm. and then the GameCube was kind of a mess. It uh, seems like it seems <laughs> like this. They went from yeah, it, uh, PlayStation went into more adult games, and Nintendo stayed more family friendly because they were a yeah. hundred year old toy company, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, once again, I saw the, the, the PlayStation 2. Um, I remember it, it, 2000, I think, and it came out and people, that was a couple years after DVD. I think DVD was like 97, 98. Mm-hmm. So it was, oh my God, I can, I can watch the Matrix on this. Like that was, you know, it was, the yeah. Matrix and Fight Club <laughs> were the ones that everyone was buying and playing, you know. Um, yeah, sure. uh, but that was major for it. I mean, that, the combination of it having a DVD player and then the GameCube used these little proprietary discs that, because they were worried about piracy. Once again, they were yeah, like mini discs or mini they, DVD. Yeah, they they weren't willing to move forward, and they were just you know they're very traditional, and that I love them and hate them for it, or not hate them, but they're frust- It's a frustrating company, you know, where yeah. you go, mm-hmm. and but they but because they're willing to try new stuff, that's where uh, I I uh, I enjoyed their stuff. For me, the GameCube was Metroid Prime, which was fantastic. Wind Waker, but yeah, it was it was it. Wind Waker was a huge disappointment for a lot of people. But I remember thinking, oh, I love cartoons. They were so expressive. People were expecting it to look like a super realistic, gritty version of Ocarina of Time, and it came out, and it just people were so down. They called it Zelda, as an animation cell. I played it. I thought it was great. Once again, you know, I'm biased because I didn't have the other. I, I wasn't, I wasn't interested or for whatever reason, I, I went with Nintendo. So I, uh, I, but yeah, I absolutely, I think PS2 takes this one. Yeah. Well, let's talk about now we jump ahead to 2001, but actually before we do that, let me back up where we are so far, our finalists, as we have determined them 
are the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Sega Genesis, and specifically the PlayStation 2. Would that be fair to say? Yes, that, that sounds right. Correct. Well, yep. Yep. So now we move on to 2001 and Microsoft, the giant computer juggernaut, decides to get into the game by building a 733 megahertz Intel Pentium 3 run Xbox. That is a graphically supercharged actual home computer Pentium processor inside a video game console. Yeah. Yeah. And then one year later, they launched Xbox Live, another game changer. Where do you guys fall on the, uh, I know you've, you've shown your proclivities toward either Nintendo or PlayStation or Sega, but what about yeah. this newcomer into the game? I had this one. This one I got for, uh, Star Wars, uh, Battlefront, the Battlefield, Battlefront, I don't know, the, the, the one from 2003 or four. Was that Knights of the Old Republic or that was, this was before that? That was on the, no, that was the, the same time. Battlefield, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was that first, um, um, multiplayer. And I didn't, I didn't play online. I was happy just to hold this giant, you know, doorstop of a thing. And I got it later. <laughs> that I got was a it. Huge console. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if I have it, got rid of it. Um, oh yeah, it's holding up uh, this barn door over here. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's and next to this giant. Yeah. It was great. I, I mean, I didn't play much of it. I think I really was, was all about that game. And that was a, a time where if you just saw the, the announcement of the new star wars rogue some squadron. it's a new, the new rogues yeah the new rogue squadron game it's been forever since they've done like i was into the, the rogue squadron on n64 and the, the tie fighter games on the pc so i'm excited about that new one but the xbox star wars game was i'd never seen anything like that the multiplayer you know in halo of course we have to talk about halo that right. was yes. un- unbelievable this, I mean, yeah. this does seem like this was the system where graphics just took a massive leap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could watch sports games and they looked more realistic than ever and car racing games, especially because it was easier to render a car with AutoCAD than to render a human. I think specifically for me, it was first person shooters and sports games, just seeing buddies playing them uh, and noticing the massive difference, uh, not being so in you know being able to look at the forest because i'm not focused on the trees it was a huge huge step and just beautiful yeah like it was it was it was the cinematics were actually cinematic yeah yeah um i, I can't get over the controller because <laughs> i felt like they were like we're not your daddy's video game system we're going <laughs> to flip the control pad and one of the sticks describe the difference in the controller it's cockeyed <laughs> That's what it is, Mark. That's how I'll describe it. It's cockeyed. You have your traditional, what makes sense, and Nintendo has done it too, is like, give me two sticks, and then give me a control pad, and then give me the butt. Like, the buttons have to be different. I don't like their shoulder pads. I think the way it's, the way it's held, they're cut, they don't feel as pronounced. Shoulder pads. Like I, oh, like the so, X and Y yeah. buttons on the top? The, yeah, the top buttons. I, they it, just, to it, me, everything about it felt like too much real estate. And then they moved everything around just because they had to. I don't think they needed to. They, they, and also, they, you had that uh, Mountain Dew green in the center. For you know, it's yeah. it's the, it's the, no. But you know, we're talking about the refined one. They released. They called it the Duke, and it was also referred to as the Potato 
controller. It was just this massive thing right there. They they could have they shouldn't have released it in Japan. Like they're they're very slim line their controllers. This thing was and they dis, they discontinued it after I don't know a year or something or less than a year. Yeah, that was that was interesting. That was just trying to set themselves apart for sure with that. This system did not last very long. The original Xbox it only lasted for four years. Because yeah. in 2005, they dropped the Xbox 360. But we'll get to that in a second. What, meanwhile, in Japan, at Nintendo headquarters, they were going more portable around this time. You had the Game Boy Advance come out and the Nintendo DS. Can I ask a question, Mark? Yeah. Can I stop? Let me just stop you for a second. Uh-huh. Does it make sense to just say something that is purely handheld shouldn't... I feel like handheld is its own... The o- the only one that really goes back and forth is the Nintendo Switch. I think that counts as a console 100%, but mm-hmm. anything handheld feels like it's its own category. I think you're right. And there are so, a lot of handheld ones. So but what's interesting is that this war escalates, this new console war between mm-hmm. Microsoft and Sony launches mm-hmm. and Nintendo sidesteps for a number of years for mm-hmm. like I want to say I either after the Game Boy Advance or no, after rather the GameCube, GameCube in 2001, yeah. their next console wasn't, didn't happen until the Wii. So 2006 was, was like five years later. So for yeah. five years, they decided we're going to give you every version of handheld, which that's is our, crazy to me that that's a long that's time. <laughs> but yeah. look, look at the Xbox. Look at the yeah. Xbox to the Xbox. Uh, they they call it 60. They called that their uh, third pillar. Because they were kind of there, they didn't know where they were going. They had the Game Boy was successful all the way from what eighty nine to, I mean, till two thousand four when they they oh no they did the Game Boy Advance, but they that system lasted forever. And then um, they kind of said, okay, we don't know how this console thing is doing. Let's try some a new Game Boy. And the the, the DS came out, then the DS Lite, and then the DS Lite is where it took off. It's 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 up there with like the PS2 as far as sales. I, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are, but they were kind of worried. Like we have the Game Boy, but we don't want to kill that line. So let's put up the DS, and then we've got the GameCube, and that's not doing well. The DS takes off, and then it takes them into their next console. Right. Before we get to that console, though, I want to stick with the primary battle that seemed to be happening between Sony's PlayStation and Microsoft's Xbox, because Microsoft drops the 360 in 2005, and then a year later in 2006, Sony drops the PS3, this time using Blu-ray discs. So the amount of storage, the amount that you can get into one game is growing and growing and growing every time. And again, they're using their classic titles Grand Theft Auto 4 comes out then. You've got Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, Resident Evil 5 came out on this. Uh, Final Fantasy games were beautiful on this new Blu-ray version. They pulled Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I guess Sega loaned them Sonic the Hedgehog Mm -hmm. or said, here, we're not making these anymore. You guys can have it. And so in this battle, you've got Xbox 360 battling against PS3. Did the controllers, what changed aside from the Blu-ray for PS3? Um, the, I think the P, well, the DualShocks started with two. I think PS3 might, but it might have been the first one with, was it the first one with the two joysticks on it? Uh, no, that, no that was two. Two no, was the first. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. The first analog stick was on the N64, and then I think the PS1 added it. I think they had yeah. a D, like a, it wasn't a D pad, but it was the, the little, the, the cross type thing. I think and then the they, big thing was the Bluetooth, right? You didn't need a dongle to play wireless, like it's wired wireless. Like these were 
completely wireless controllers mm-hmm. except oh, for charging them. Yeah, yeah. Their design worked. Like the first design worked, so they just sort of stuck with it and slightly refined it. I think yeah. and that that feels like where we are right now with these systems is with PlayStations, like anything after the introduction of the PlayStation and the Xbox, those two consoles are just kind of duking it out in getting better technology and their online versions and getting faster with downloading online games. And that battle seems to, we know what's happening in that. And that's more of a tech specs battle. I think the fascinating one at this time is the Nintendo Wii that came out in 2006. Cause that once again, Nintendo has rethought the whole thing. This was the one that was my favorite out of the bunch. I still have my, my Wii is still hooked up. Yeah, sure. I still, I, I, I have accessory. I play it a lot. I still play the Wii frequently. They have since shut down Wii's online That's store. Right. So yeah. I still have all the games that are inside my system and also the, uh, CD, you know, the, the actual hard copy clamshells, but I still play them regularly and I still enjoy them. And I think it was the use of the motion control that we introduced. Again, it's a party game. It's designed for people who are, who want their gaming system, who don't take it as seriously and want it to be a toy. It is a fun way to play with friends. And it also, I think, led to Xbox 360 releasing the Kinect, which was their controllerless yeah. version, which I also love and have here. PlayStation has a version of that as well that I have. That's right. That's right. Um, that came with the PlayStation 3. That was also, mm-hmm. it, the PS3 was the birth of the PlayStation Network, which is their online hub. So they were behind, and it certainly has its problems, but that was a major step forward for Sony in general. The, Nintendo, like, yeah. The, if the one area, if you were going to be a, a an Olympics gymnastics judge about it, they would get a <laughs> a zero, one, or two on online experience almost every time. Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, and I th- I think part of that yeah. comes from the fact that they skew younger. You don't mm-hmm. want to give younger, more and more innocent games. Those kids don't need to be online talking to people. Like the t- the online gaming is great in how it brings us together. It's also super toxic. And you like, I've heard a child and an adult who I've never met before, but are playing an NBA 2K game together, cursing at each other, like two (laughs) sailors who are getting ready to throw down outside of a bar. Yeah. So (laughs) Nintendo is like, yeah, you can play online. Like the animal crossing has gone from 900 of us at a Twitter direct message to a Slack channel, like a whole Slack channel. Where yeah. we're all keeping up to date on that's this we should we should mention this this is how uh you know uh i knew ken from twitter but this is how we all came together you mm-hmm. uh, you and i how this this all happened was uh i think ken just he sent an invite or started a group and it was a, a few people and it grew to it got to about like 18 people people come in and out and then it got bigger and bigger and then it got we we moved to the slack channel so it'd be more organized uh, here's yeah. place for a turn up Here's a wow. place to trade uh, fossils. Here's the, here's the, the nook and cranny spot. Here's the, mm-hmm. this, that, the other. And, um, that's, yeah, that's how this, this, this whole thing came together, really. Yeah. Uh, I know when a plan comes together. Uh, same. But we had to take that, like, we have to do a lot of the work ourselves because online, their online experience is so bad. It's made to keep things private and separate, which I get. But it yeah. also, this is a, an era in which I get on, just before we were recording, I jumped on PlayStation and for 45 minutes 
talked to three of my friends and was playing online basketball with them. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we do. We get together and it's like, hey, you getting on tonight? Yeah, I'll get on. Or Ken reminds me for the 900th time that he has to drop off 50 songs to my island and please get on. Which at this point, I'm almost not getting on out of principle. I've stepped back because I'm, I, I feel like um, the game now that I've done a, a certain things, I just, I, I, I'm playing it less, but in a much more relaxed way. And I kind right. of feel like we're going to be playing this game for, for years. I mean, I, I, I am. Even the producer yeah. said that they have plans for at least two years of supporting and I think if it's doing well and they can figure out, maybe they'll do DLC at some point. But that's another thing you have to give to them is they don't, they're not doing a, what is it? The horse armor. That was the big joke of, so what, what game was that? It was a 360 or PS3 game where they introduced horse armor in like uh, Skyrim or something. People freaked out. <laughs> I have to pay for horse armor. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, let's, let's, uh, we can, where, where should we, uh, go from there? I kind of lost my train of thought. We're looking now at modern times and, the last few years where it's just been battle between, you know, Xbox makes a new thing, PlayStation makes a new thing, Xbox makes a new thing, PlayStation makes a new thing. And then the Wii in 2006 comes out and the Wii lasts a very long time until the Wii U comes out in 2012, which I'm not terribly familiar with. I don't even... Is the yeah. Wii U still around? Did it kind of come and go? No. See, the fact that you have to ask that means it didn't do well. It's <laughs> yeah. that's see, that's the point. There was there was a problem with the naming of the system. People thought it was a tablet that went with the Wii. So I I always right. thought it, sh- it should I, be. Yeah, I, it sounds like it's a online tutorial YouTube page that tells <laughs> right. you how to play YouTube, how tells you how to play Wii games. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's at this point, everyone's released. Nintendo's doing their own thing. Sony and Microsoft, they're releasing roughly at the same time or a year apart. And Nintendo's, they're just in their own lane now. Um, uh, and they put this one out and, uh, it, it just, I thought, I always thought they should have called it Wii HD or Super Wii, where you go, mm-hmm. Oh, you don't want to call it the Wii 2 because mm-hmm. then it looks inferior to the PS3. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the naming system that, and the Xbox is all over the place with that, where it's, you know, they did 360 to match the, three and then it was what the i can't keep track of now it's the one uh, now it's the one yeah, yeah. But which the is good because one, it's the, it's not the number it's one cent but it smells slightly different depending on who's wearing it but any gender can wear it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly let's talk about the most recent i'm going to add one to this list kate mcmanus did an amazing job with a very complicated topic she did we have one more on this list to talk about and this one came out just three years ago that is, of course, where you can play Animal Crossing, and that is on the Nintendo Switch, which is the hybrid console first introduced to me when a buddy pulled it out at a bar in New York. Shout out to my ultra <laughs> Nintendo fan buddy and hilarious improviser Scott Martinek in New York City who introduced me to the Nintendo Switch by pulling it out in a bar, popping the controllers off the sides, and handing me one. And I thought, because we were, we were in a board game bar, so it was one of those, like, people are sitting and doing a lot of, there's table gaming and all this stuff happening. Yeah. And he pulls this out, and I thought this was the most amazing bonkers. It reminded me of when I was a kid, like you said, at that, you know, in the kitchen when you saw Mario for the first time. Like, the idea that this is untethered to anything, it's just a miniature version of a Nintendo entertainment system, but with better graphics and... Yeah, they, they when they um, announced it, people couldn't figure out that... They thought that the the dock was going to be where the power was. That it wasn't the actual screen that you're holding in your hand. That it's that this is that's the console. Is it's right. it's insane to look at that and go. 
that's they packed that into roughly like I think it's supposed to be it's not like between a PS three and a PS four, so it's not quite there. So they they, they keep on there in this weird area, but mm-hmm. I mean, still that this is you know a PS three point five is is bananas. Sorry for the language. Sorry for the language there. Like uh, you can say bananas. <laughs> yeah, this is a PG thirteen. Uh, I, I had to get one in there. Yeah. That's your one. But that, that, yeah, that everything that the Nintendo Switch has built in is a superior version. And this is the way all computing has been, I suppose. But that is a superior version of what took up half of my bedroom as a kid. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Between the TV, the cords, the controllers, the console, like it's all there. And it literally can fit in the front pocket of a backpack. Yeah. That blows my mind. And then they have the Switch Lite also, which my sister got, because I got... I've had uh, three or four people addicted to this game that never had played... My sister's never played a video game in her life. My friend Damien has, hasn't played a game since the Wii, and he mm-hmm. got it, and he... Uh, shout out to Damien and Harvell's in Santa Monica. A uh, little plug there. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't played it. He, he still has the Wii and loves playing that, but he said if it weren't for this lockdown, there's no way I would be playing this thing. Right. So it's, 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 there is a really good social aspect to it because, you know, the, you can bring it around, you can play, play it that way. I, um, don't really play it portably, but, uh, uh, it's been a real, uh, because it will, it will throw to a television. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think as a console, and I, I, it took me like a year of Ken prodding me to get one. <laughs> right. So I was like, uh, it's expensive. I play PS4. I'm happy with the experience on there. There are games I have that I've never, I've read Dead Redemption 2. I think I played it for a half an hour. And mm. so there's just stuff I haven't gotten to. And when I got it, I'm, I'm blown away by how seamlessly it moves from dock to handheld. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. To me, the, I love the communal experience of being, I was at, at a podcast convention last year. And hanging out with friends, with new friends I'd made, some of the people from Polygon had their Switch. We all had our Switches, so we would meet, like, after the restaurant had closed down and the restaurant sort of lounge area had closed down, we would go there late at night, and we would all have our Switches. We would connect and play Mario Kart. And yeah. that that is a really cool communal aspect. Yeah, what absolutely. down for me is we are in an age now where gaming is so much about the connected experience that you have. It's less mm-hmm. about what you do by yourself, even though there are great solo games to play, like Fallen Order. Um, uh, and I, it's hard to even think of other ones because we've moved into this world where it's, it is a communal experience and I want to play with other people. I have lists on PlayStation of people I play Overwatch with, people I play NBA 2K with, people who are really close friends that I play NBA 2K with, so I know who to look for. When mm-hmm. I'm playing different games, we'll try stuff out together. On the Switch, I love playing Animal Crossing. I love visiting people, but I have to text them or get on a disc right. Discord if I want to talk <laughs> to them. Yeah, That's, that to me is is mind blowing because that feels like I'm going back to 2006, right? Rather yeah. than like everything about that, the console is great, except I feel isolated while I'm playing it when I want to be connected and and have a shared gaming experience with other people. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I, um, I think it's just I, I've never really. I think my first online game was playing uh, on the Wii U. I think, I think, yeah, we we started that. Uh, Ken started the Twitter thing for Wii U and playing Mario Kart. That's well, 
uh, it seems like forever ago and it hasn't been that long. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, so then we switched, we switched over to this one. Yeah. But I think it's just, um, um, I've, I've just stayed in that old school playing in a room or bringing it with you and playing with other people. Um, there's a game that came out and this is not an advertisement, by the way. Uh, there's a game that came out called Clubhouse Games, playing around with a little bit. And because of we're in this, in the, in this, the time with the, the pandemic and everything, uh, I haven't had a chance to play it with someone, you know, in person. But the idea is you put the screen down and you can play checkers and you can move the things on the screen with your fingers. You, know, you face someone else and you're, you're playing this little game. And if someone gets mad, they can, they can pick it up and slide the checker. They can throw the pieces off the board. Um, so it's these little things like that because the Joy-Cons are actually really pretty advanced for what, uh, uh, you know, how, how simple they look. And I've got, you got a, uh, a, a Splatoon lime green one, but like they've, they've got, you know, they're, they're pretty, pretty advanced. My argument with this is, um, it's really, it's, it's hard, it's hard to pick. It's really kind of apples and oranges, as you said, because at the beginning, how, because it's what you're looking for. The Switch for me is, it has every Nintendo game, Genesis, all the old catalog, everything back to, you know, I, I don't know. I did the Damco games, arcade games, all this stuff. So if you're looking for something that's everything Nintendo that's exclusive and basically everything that's not Sony and Microsoft, this is the all in one machine. So right. that's where I stand on it. And that's my final answer. <laughs> well, that yes. to me comes, it, it does. <laughs> this actually harkens back, I think, to the episode we did with Chloe Dykstra. Yeah. Board games versus video games. Right. And that notion of, you know, it comes down to, is it more, is the social like the social element of it is such a huge part of it and is there is there more benefit to being in a room full of people playing or to playing online i'm one that i avoid online gaming unless it's with specifically with people i know and friends of mine for the sole reason that i'm trying to avoid the toxicity of it yeah because sure. from every as a person who is looking into it from the outside the only thing that I ever hear about online gaming is stories like Gamergate. Yeah. It's sure. just how toxic that social environment is. So I'm just like, oh no, this is not a world I want to get into. I'll play with friends if we set up like, hey, you and I, let's play this at this time. And my introduction to social gaming of this type has happened fairly recently with the last console I want to put on this list, which is my personal new favorite. I don't know if you'd even call it a console. And that's the Oculus Quest. I love the Oculus Quest. That has introduced me to now like Fred and Andy and uh, Annie, Fred's wife of, uh, I'd say Annie, Fred's wife, as in people who don't know Annie from Thrilling Adventure Hour, but specifically because they are in the same house and have two Oculuses and, we'll all, and they'll be playing in two separate rooms of the same house. And I'll be, play but we'll play, you know, I play tennis with Fred or we all play Echo VR together, which is like zero gravity Frisbee soccer. That's uh great and a blast. But even then, you know, you'll wind up with, I wound up like, this is so fun. I'm getting to play with my friends, but we're playing against some people we don't know. And some guy comes up and just starts like smashing his <laughs> virtual balls on my face. <laughs> And I'm like, that's, we're all having a good time, man. We don't need you to do that. Like that is out there, but it also, you kind of see, it's sort of like actual life, right? You're going to meet people mm -hmm. and some people you meet in your life are going to be clunkers. And you will also meet people who are similar enough to you in either values or the thing, just whatever commonalities there are and people mm -hmm. who are nice. And those are the people who stay. 
the people who are bad go. Here's this is. I was playing. I was playing a game of basketball with uh, two friends of mine that I know from online, and one of them was a more recent friend, and mm-hmm. he had had like twelve steals in the game, but we had lost, and it wasn't the best game. And we mm-hmm. <laughs> we were still in a chat party. It's just the three of us. We weren't talking to anybody else, and he. He went to complain to his girlfriend about how nobody gave him credit for the number of steals he had. Just <laughs> trash talking me and my friend, but didn't realize he had left his mic on. So oh, for, no. for 10 minutes, we listened to him <laughs> rant, just laughing and laughing and laughing. Oh and then eventually he just heard like the <laughs> of him turning it off. <laughs> I even that, on my like, friends list. I even just, that, it's like. Uh, here's a here's a story of on of the social life of online gaming. I overheard my buddy talking crap about me. But that's not again. You know what I like mean? Like, don't well, who knows? Doesn't that let you cut them loose in a way that? Well, you while we're recording this, don't can we're we're doing uh, recording through a, a video chat. Um, I've walked, uh, stand, stood up several times, and they've seen my underwear. So that's the most embarrassing thing that's happened on <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, I'm not wearing. I told them when I uh, I told you guys I'm not wearing pants to this one. That's fair. That's, that's, that's right. the rule. Yeah, that it was your it was your one condition that was on your rider. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, we <laughs> we, we appreciate you staying seated for most of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I try, yeah. When I get up, when I get up, I I I, I lurch. I, I I duck down a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think so. I think that we've got we've got our list uh, from this modern era to join the original NES, the Sega Genesis, the PlayStation Two. What do we pull from this modern era into our final four, or do we pull one? Or, or do you think our victor comes from those three? Oof. What do you think? Hard. I think there's a severe recency bias, mm-hmm. but I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know that any of these modern systems has paved the way for anything. None of them would exist without the finalists that we already have. So it's, mm-hmm. if we're looking at it historically again, and again, that's the challenge, right? If you go by what's the best console, well, it's gotta be one of the ones. Now the graphics are better, right? There's a better library of games in general. It's not mm-hmm. either as bloated or as anemic mm-hmm. and the online experience adds so much. But if you look at the impact like the PlayStation 4 is hands down the best console that they've put out. I really enjoy yeah. playing it. Enough that I'm in for the PlayStation 5, definitely going to get it. No yeah, question. yeah. But it's not like a trailblazing console in the way that that none of these con- – like, the Switch has tried something that I think is really interesting. And I'll, I, I'm, I can't wait to see if anybody else tries to do it. I don't think that they will because I think Nintendo figured out handheld better than anyone and now they've merged them in a way that no yeah. one else can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that 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 the switch to be the ultimate machine is not quite there. It needs mm-hmm. we need this the switch two or the switch U. Oh God, I hope not. It's not the switch U. <laughs> um, I am interested to see where that goes, and I'm you know, I'm very interested to see. Uh, I haven't been this interested in a Sony machine um, ever. Uh, just the Resident Evil uh, was it Village. Resident Evil uh, 8 looks right. wonderful. Um, there's a few games on there. Well, there's one game where you're in Tokyo and there's uh, Ghost Core, I think. No, that's, that's Ghostbusters. Sorry. Uh, there's another, there's another game. There's a few games on there that are really uh, intriguing. So I'm, I'm going to follow that one. But I, 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 I think what you're saying is uh, we have to go back to the most iconic one. 
and that should we say at the same time or yeah <laughs> I think I think, I, I, think I, we, think, yeah. I think we all are probably in agreement on what the looking at the variety looking at the social elements of of their later versions and this original version as well the cultural implications the cast of characters they created that permeated other media and the technical accomplishment that it was but most specifically for its cultural impact i think there's one clear winner in this yep the nes nes yeah Yeah. that's it people of the world it's i can't be a surprise i'll never forget the first time i played a game on mine it was contra all night with my best friend Uh, and my 99 lives he, he up up down down left right left right ba start that's i love right. it or select mother, start if you want two players that's how that's i always right. remember yeah, it. exactly you have to do the select start my mother came running into my bedroom because she heard us going shoot him shoot him shoot him and thought that an intruder had made it into our house but it, <laughs> it's hard to understand now what it did for video games because that that industry was dead Atari yeah. had killed it dead. To put out a video game system assures you no sales. So even calling it the NES and releasing it with Rob the Robot as like an educational tool and making it sound like a home computer, yeah, that helped revolutionize games. And without it, without that console, I don't know that we would have any of the consoles that we have today because it would just be arcades. It would yeah. be arcade machines. Like wh- how? Who knows how? Eventually, we'd get to the to home, but we don't know how. How home video game systems would have gone? That is, we would have gotten it this year. Yeah, we would have gotten it in 2020. Yeah, yeah. video games into the home. (laughs) I mean, when a game like Ice Climbers is one of your first 17 out of the box, and you can still play as those characters today, and they're part of like video game lore. There's just nobody. The Genesis. There are a lot of great consoles that all have their marks on history, but you don't Mm -hmm. get any of them in America or a lot of other parts of the world without the NES. It's the best video game console ever. Asked and answered. Yeah, we got there, gents. <laughs> well said, well said. Nathan Hamill, thank you for coming on the show again. Yeah, this yeah. is fun. Uh, this yeah, has been an absolute treat. Anything you want to plug, tell the people where to find you, give them your video game handles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'd have to look look up the um, my creator code, but just uh, check Twitter, check my um, uh, NathanHamill.com. It's in the, I think, in my news section, I posted like my Animal Crossing designs. And uh, yeah, uh, Nathan Hamill on Twitter, Instagram, and all that. So, well, thank you again for being here. And thank you, of course, to the Poodoo for the topic. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter, check out the Maximum Fun subreddit, or you can email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. That's where it's all happening. Talk about your video game memories with us. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus for this great doc that we've had for years. In anticipation of this very night, also graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, the only people of the world that I would jump into an online game scenario (laughs) with sight unseen and be completely comfortable. (laughs) And thank you for giving us a chance to sit down with Nathan and talk video games. This has been a real blast. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. (laughs) 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again. I just want to thank everybody, all of our members for supporting this show. We really are super grateful that you've chosen to contribute financially to support us being able to create this show in a way that is authentic and beholden to nobody but our audience. Mark is beholden to me. But if you haven't had a chance to become a member I'm yet, holding him right now. So, please hold me. I'm going to be holding you soon, baby. I'm holding you. If you haven't had a chance to become a member yet, you can do so at MaximumFun.org slash join. It is really simple. And be sure while you're doing it, do not forget to tell them that you listen to We Got This With Mark and Hal. That is how we benefit directly from your contribution. So thank you during this weird time, especially for supporting us. And we'll be back next week, the final week of this extended Max Fun drive. Uh, we're looking forward to bringing you that episode, and we hope you enjoy it. Good night or a good day. How about a little sugar for Ken? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.